Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the PM Diaries. We are your hosts. My name is Paige. And my name is Maddie. Welcome back, Night Owls. It is Tuesday, or excuse me, is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday, Not honey. I'm getting the date wrong. It is Wednesday, September 27, 2023, and it is also morning show host day today. I thought that was interesting. Very interesting. I know you were obsessed with morning TV. I've always been obsessed with morning TV. Like, I remember vividly being a kid, being so excited when I stayed home from school because I got to watch Live with Regis and Kelly. I got to watch Good Morning America, The Today Show. The like, View, The, the Real. View. Yes. All was, the CNN morning uh, hosts. Yeah. I was obsessed with morning TV. And it's funny because I know you remember this, but when we were in high school, Good Morning America actually came to our school because we were enrolled or what was it? We our high school was like chosen yeah. for the Katy Perry Roar competition. Yeah. So that um, was our freshman year, right? Yes. Yeah. That was our year. freshman year. And I literally stayed up all night and made a sign that said, I love you, Robin Roberts. Like yeah, I was, you did. I'm you so were corny. fully obsessed. You even had a book. What was the book you read? It was about morning. It was Good written morning by book. it was written by Brian Stelter. And it was about the Ann Coulter and Matt Lauer drama that okay. happened. But I was obsessed. Yeah. Like, and this goes to show, I mean, what? You were a freshman in high school at the time. You yeah. were reading that book. You you loved Brian Stelter. You loved Good Morning America. We would even get excited because you got to watch the talk when we stayed home, which was like more of a midday show. Yeah. So I feel like it's like reminiscing on old times it is and the book is called top of the morning and it was yes. so good i'll never forget Paige had like sticky notes in their bookmark she was highlighting stuff she was running back and telling us oh my god this is what was in the book this is da -da -da -da. like full-blown researching so i thought it was funny today when i saw that it was morning show um day because i was like oh my gosh this is like so funny I know. Maybe I'll be a morning show host, but right now I'll stick to the late nights, right the now, late night chats. Yeah, I'm feeling the late night chats because I'm, I feel like I'm nocturnal. Like, I'll be exhausted and then it'll be bedtime and all of a sudden I can't sleep. Like, what I is know. that about? I think we are nocturnal in a way. Um I don't know. We've worked. I don't. I worked a night shift for such a long time in my life. Like I almost feel like my circadian rhythm is like completely changed. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm trying to be an early bird. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if I'll ever be an early bird. Like I'm pretty content being a nighttime girl, but I need to be an early bird for like all of my commitments that I have in the morning. But for now, I think I'm gonna be nocturnal forever. I don't know. In my soul, I'll be nocturnal, but I'm trying to be. I don't know. Like one of my goals is like to go to the beach and watch the sunrise because oh, yeah. I feel like I'm always watching the sunset. So now I need to see the sunrise. Yeah. And start my day like that. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that does bring really peaceful mornings. But how was your day today? It was good. Um, it's been a long day. It is seven right now. It's eight o'clock Eastern time. So this is a late one. But look at us. We still made it. Thanks yeah. to coffee. Yes, it has been a really long day. I was super tired today. So that's why the episode is a little late. But here we are still getting it done. I had a good day today, though, because I got to order my I, I this might slowly be, be becoming my favorite food. Like I genuinely never thought tacos would be my favorite food because I thought it was such a gimmick. Like I have really weird fa favorite foods. Like when I was a kid, it was turkey sandwiches and it was nothing special to those turkey sandwiches. It was literally just bread any kind of deli turkey but I did have my favorite I can't even think I just know it had hills in the name 
Hillshire Farm. Was it Hillshire? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was like my favorite. And then like mayonnaise or mustard. But as I've gotten older, it's like fluctuated a little bit. Like I was like into chicken quesadillas for a while. I was, you know, I've been all over the map. But right now the the freaking Al Pastor tacos, like at this one specific place out in Chicago, unparalleled. Like it's fucking fantastic. You know what? That was a good taco. Thank you for saving one for me to yes, try. Maddie's course. been talking about these tacos for I don't know how long. So of course she was so excited when she got to get her favorite tacos today. Yes. Um I don't know if I'm on the taco wave just yet though. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you never will be on the taco wave, honestly. It's not what you prefer. Like yeah. you like lighter foods. Honestly I like really good salads, but I also think I'm just an Italian food girl. Yeah. I really, really like pizza i've noticed more recently like i really like pasta i like soup yeah um and like macaroni and cheese and stuff like that i don't know for sure pasta i feel like will forever be like one of my favorite foods. but i don't dislike tacos let's put that yeah. on the record <laughs> i just don't reach for it like yeah, i remember it's not what you go for in high school you would always like be like i want to go to taco bell and like nacho fries and this is that and the third but literally when i went to taco bell i did never i never ordered tacos i was there for the nacho fries and the nacho bell grande that's true and the baja blast that's true so i thought their their tacos weren't very good to be honest Honestly, no, Bell. they aren't. They aren't. They aren't <laughs> authentic at all. Like they're just not good. Yeah. Um. It's funny though, cause Clooney is sitting in my lap, and typically she's calm, but now she's shaking her head. And I know. Maybe stuff. she's upset about the taco comment. Like, maybe. Maybe she's mad. Like, maybe I'm she's sorry mad. I you, girl. Or maybe it's her bedtime, and she's like, "Why are they talking?" Yeah, that yeah. could also be the case. <laughs> but anyways, I don't know. We're gonna move on from there. But yeah, I feel like we ever since we wanted to be like a food critic, like when we got to Chicago, because when we came here they told us oh the food is so good and you're gonna like never run out of options and like all of this stuff all of this stuff and then we got here and like the food was just sometimes very subpar like I think I've had some of the nastiest meals of my life <laughs> in Chicago I'm not you even know lying. what I was expecting really good food like for instance crab boils mm-hmm. they're better in ohio like better i hate to ohio. say it why is the seafood in chicago at least at the grocery stores that i've been to so bad i don't know i i was obsessed my favorite food when i came here we loved salmon we fucking yeah. love salmon still do. i came here i looked at the salmon at the grocery store and i was perturbed honey i saw that damn cut of meat and i said we got to go back to the damn deli and tell them that they're cutting too much fat on this meat you know what i think we're shopping at the wrong place places could be maybe this is a transition that everybody goes through when they move to new cities yeah and maybe we just haven't caught the wave yet but what i i love the optimism yes yes we we're gonna go for the optimism because i'm sure there's a restaurant here that we're gonna be upset i mean we we have a few of our favorites like virtue and etc but i'm sure we're gonna have like we're gonna find we're gonna catch the wave the seafood wave i'm I'm probably focusing too much on the negative ones yeah probably (laughs) but what i think it's because you like to cook yeah which brings me to my next point pinterest Mm -hmm. i'm literally on pinterest all day long yes um and i don't know it just i feel like it emboldens me to think i'm like a better chef than what i am it just makes me really ambitious i feel like pinterest is one of and i'm like i'm so serious like i did ask think it's one of the best apps of all time it is 
And I think why is because the interface, it doesn't have all that pretentious interaction. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you get on there, whatever speaks to you, speaks to you. You make your own boards. Mm -hmm. You eventually you kind of customize your algorithm. When that algorithm on Pinterest is hidden, there's just nothing. There's nothing like it. Those cookies be working. Okay. (laughs) But you know why I laugh? Because it kind of makes me think about virtual reality in a way or like video games. Yeah. Um, because it literally like, this is the metaphor that I'm drawing. It makes me feel like I'm Pinterest makes me feel like I'm putting on virtual reality goggles and I'm stepping into my dream world. Wow. Literally. That's some powerful shit. You need to write a review for them. I'm going to like, I'm stepping into my dream world. I have all of my manifestations and it's just like one big dream board and it's my favorite app. Like, I don't know um it's a good favorite app it is i know it is a good favorite app maybe i should write they should pay me for that that's a hell of a testimonial put me in a commercial literally like exactly. that's like the cute- because that was some poetic next level shakespearean shit right there i know what you just said i'm poetic and shakespearean like let's just let's put it out there i probably should be an author i'm just kidding <laughs> maybe you should. or a songwriter but you know like the first day of fall was the 23rd yes um so has your pinterest board been helping you like curate like cool fun hot fall inspa yes i love fall honestly i know we talked about this though and you said like fall has always been your favorite holiday or or favorite season that you were trying to flex on me but i'm really excited for halloween and i'm really excited for thanksgiving too yeah and the thing is too is like i i the apple cider you already know right Mm -hmm. when i was at the grocery store i got it I just I'm really here for I don't know what it is about fall, but it resonates with my soul. And my Pinterest board, speaking of, has definitely been like curated to the fall stuff. I like people are always like, I like the boots and the coats and the did. But my thing is, when you're in fall, when you're in like cooler, even spring, when you get to layer, that's yeah. when the next level fashion comes out. It There's does. literally a guy on YouTube. His name is like Star Inc or Star something. And he always walks around and he's like, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you mm-hmm. wearing? His best videos are the ones in fall. Is that the guy in New York City or in yes. Soho or something New like that? New York City. That New hands York City. out the $2 bills? Yeah, he goes okay. around to different cities and like different boroughs in New York, talks to everybody. But when you watch his videos, the best ones are in fall because you get to see the best of fashion. You get to layer. You can put stuff on, take stuff off, stack. You get to just do the whole damn thing. And I think it's so amazing. Like, I'm here for it. I already have a list of things I want to do. I feel like I honestly, I want to go to what is the thing at Cedar Point called? Halloween. Yeah. I really want to go to Halloween this year. Oh. I know it would really bring me back to my childhood. So I'm going to put that on the list. We'll see what happens. Um, but I have a whole list like haunted corn mazes and stuff. It truly is for me fall and winter. One of the most nostalgic, um, times of the year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, have I know some what stuff. you won't want to do. What? Carve pumpkins. Oh my God. Why not? Paige, remember we tried to carve pumpkins at like whose house was that? Was that mom's house? I don't know. We were in like junior high or something. And we were absolutely disgusted by the smell. You know what? I was disgusted by the smell, but I don't think it was at mom's house. I think it was in class. Oh, that's right. That's right. I just, I can't even remember the teacher's name, but I remember we were in a portable and like her thing was making pumpkin seeds. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited for these pumpkin seeds. Like she has us in there seasoning them, all this other stuff. They were so disgusting. (laughs) I'm so sorry. They were so nasty. The damn, damn portable. I think I was in that class too, because I have this memory too. 
I was sick over the smell of those goddamn pumpkins. <laughs> like, I I don't think, like, honestly, maybe in the future if we're outside and it's airy and I'm not going to, like, gag on the smell. Mm-hmm. But I'm traumatized by the smell of pumpkins. But you know what? That TikTok lady, um, what is her name? I think it's, like, Babs or something like that. Babs? Um, she, like, has all these hacks. She's a mature woman and she has, like, all of these cool hacks mm-hmm. that you can use. Like, she tells you how much you should vacuum and how much you should do the dishes and stuff like that. Okay. Um, she has a hack for pumpkin carving and I think if we used that, she uses a hand mixer, oh. um, to collect all the stuff inside the pumpkin and it might make it easier cause then we could quickly dispose of it and take it to the trash. Okay. Well maybe we should put it to the test. Let's put it to the test. Maybe we can do that with Harper. Yeah. We, we can, ha- we can update you guys. Yeah. We have a little sister named Harper. So maybe that's an activity we can reserve Aww, for her. She would love that. She would. I know. Mm. I know. But did you see that um, video of the black bear in Mexico? Yes, I did see that. That number, was crazy. Number one, like the thing that absolutely blew my mind is how calm that mom stayed. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Can you imagine you, Paige? Like, I want to know in life or death situations. Actually, I don't want to know. But like, could you remain calm in that situation or would your fear take over? I think I'm working on it. Okay. I think like I'm kind of a person that when I get scared, like I freak out, like mm-hmm. I really freak out. One of my biggest fears is like people choking, um, especially like my dogs and stuff like that. So um, I do get worked up pretty quickly. I start yelling like <laughs> the whole nine yards, the whole nine yards. But I'm working on it. Like Clooney scared me the other day and I thought she was choking, but she was just throwing up. Um, and I stayed like calm and I was able to help her and stuff. So I think after a lot of practice rounds, I'm getting there. Oh, well, that's on growth. I feel like in some situations, I genuinely feel like I shut down in other situations. I feel like I freak out. And then I also feel like just because of my personality style, I'll bottle stuff in. So like I'll freak out about something, but we have something else to do and I can't spend time freaking out about it. Mm -hmm. And then it'll just all come out later in a panic attack. Like I, I have developed anxiety as I've gotten older and I feel like that probably isn't the healthiest thing. So I don't know how I'd react. I feel like sometimes I shut down and then sometimes everything just bottles up and then I freak out probably over something that isn't even that scary, but it's just like, everything's coming back to me. Yeah. I think that's the first step with anything though. It's just acknowledging that you're having those feelings Mm -hmm. and creating space for yourself to feel those things. So it doesn't all come out later. Um, for those of you who don't know what we're referring to, there's actually a video where a mom protects her son as a black bear jumps on their picnic table and devours the 18's birthday dinner. So they were hanging out, in a park in Mexico. It was a 15-year-old birthday party. And I think it was a baby black bear. Wow. It was a big bear, but it wasn't like a big, Enormous. grown black bear. Yeah. And just sitting there minding their business, eating that food. And obviously you Chilling can't down. move. But that's the one thing that scares me about camping. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's been interesting because I know, like, I'm not the biggest on, like, geographical stuff and where animals are native to and all this stuff, but... I'm surprised like when you hear about like elephants in certain countries stopping people out or you hear about lions people have to worry about gators people have to worry about Mm -hmm. bears I'm like oh my gosh we really lived in a really I guess tame terrain like even being from Ohio I think what we had to worry about coyotes and foxes we had to worry about coyotes foxes bobcats and something tells me that bears live in Ohio no way there are no bears in Ohio hold on I don't think so you want to put money on it yes um okay 
So it says historically, this is according to Ohio.gov, historically black bears roamed the Buckeye State. Unfortunately, unregulated hunting and habitat loss rendered bears extirpated from Ohio by 1850. Today, Ohio is again home to a small but growing population of black bears. What did I tell you? Do you see all those fields in Ohio? You're trying to tell me there's not a bear? Paige. I'm trying to think. They might not have been in Pickerington, Ohio. But, but bears like trees. They like cover. Where is there trees that there's like a total full blown takeover of trees? In you Ohio? know what it makes me think, though? Because I think bears always have to be near a prominent water source because they're, I don't know if they're pescatarian or not. Don't quote me. But in all are. of the, um, what is it called? Like cartoons and stuff, they put their paw in the sea and they get a salmon. Like, Aww. so I think maybe further up north near Lake Erie, you would see more of the bear population. Okay, so I guess well. we're both right. Yeah. Technically not where we're from, but somewhere in Ohio. We're like both right or whatever. But, you know, I did see one last thing that I want to talk about before we jump into the 411. There, you know, Ozempic has been all of the rage, yes. like recently. And I don't know if you saw, but Sharon Osbourne did post a picture or something. There was an article that came out saying that Sharon kind of regretted taking the Ozempic because it made her too skinny. Mm. My question to you is: as we come into the eating months, where every where we just want to eat and like maybe you know put working out on the back bend because it's <laughs> holiday season, would you ever do Ozempic? Never say no, you never. don't need to do Ozempic. You're God's favorite, but I oh my God. <laughs> Never say never. Yeah. I would I would never say never. And I'm not going to judge people who do Ozempic either. Um, but what I will say is any time like you're, um, I don't know. I feel like Ozempic has recently gained popularity. And if I'm not mistaken, Ozempic started off as a diabetes medication, correct? I believe so. Um, and it's then, about glucose. And yes. Um, and one of the side effects then was weight loss, which kind of put people on to the fact that it also aids in weight loss. Ozempic is not the only therapy in that realm. There's also like other treatments, peptides and all this other stuff that people will take. And it's kind of in the same vein as Ozempic injections. I just think her coming out is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously Ozempic makes you lose weight like that, um, which can be a good thing for some people, but it is just a proceed with caution thing, I guess that we're learning. And that's not only with Ozempic, that's with every single treatment like in America. But I do think you're right because sometimes news stories can become very one-sided and we've all heard about like the housewives maybe using Ozempic or it's giving other people really great results and aiding in some, you know, weight loss journeys and helping them out but I do think it's good to see um, like maybe not the best side of these things and then that way people can make their own judgments and be fully informed before they begin but I will answer that question too I'll say I would consider it depending but I would use it very like slightly because I want to lose some places and not other places Mm -hmm. so I'd have to make sure that it can target certain areas exactly how do we make that happen I don't know but we'll (laughs) we'll figure it out we'll be the ones to crack the code I know for sure Alrighty, you ready to get into the 411 I am ready okay According to CNN, Bob Menendez remains defiant amid a bri- uh, excuse me, amid bribery charges and calls to resign. Democratic Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey remained defiant on Monday after being de- indicted on bribery charges at the end of last week, saying he believes he will be exonerated as he responded to some of the specific charges and evidence outlined by prosecutors. Mendez's comments come amid a flurry of calls for his resignation, including from his own party and from his Senate colleagues. 
On Monday, Senators Sherrod Brown of Ohio and Peter Welch of Vermont became the latest Democrats in the chamber, calling on Menendez to step down, joining Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman. In a statement delivered to reporters, Menendez offered some of his first public defense against some of the evidence discovered by investigators during their search of his home, including hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash, which he argued had he had on hand for emergencies and described as an old-fashioned habit derived from his family's experience in Cuba. For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba, said Menendez. Now, this may seem old-fashioned, but these were monies drawn from my personal savings account based on the income that I have lawfully derived over 30 years. According to the indictment, searches of Menendez's home and safe deposit box that federal agents conducted in 2022 turned up nearly $500,000 in cash, including in envelopes inside of jackets emblazoned with, Men- with Menendez's name. Prosec- excuse me. Prosecutors say some of the envelopes had the fingerprints or DNA of the business contacts from whom the senator is accused of taking bribes. Menendez has been charged with three alleged crimes including being on the receiving end of a bribery conspiracy. The conspiracy counts also charge his wife and three people described as New Jersey associates and businessmen. The group is accused of coordinating to use Menendez's power as a U.S. senator to benefit them personally and to benefit Egypt. Did you see the pictures of like that the FBI or, or the DOJ used in evidence? No, I haven't seen any images. They were literally there were beautiful gold bars. I've what? only seen gold bars, like the ones that you see in movies. Are you serious? Yes, gold bars. And then he had like stacks of money, like stacks of money hidden in his what? Like his political memorabilia. So his yeah. jackets that had his names um, embroidered on them. Yeah. yeah, it was like some some you could tell what he had. He was trying to hide mm-hmm. just with the way that he stored it. Um, and I think one of the most damning things that came up in discovery was text messages that his wife had with, I'm not sure if it was the business associates or the Egypt government, um, Egyptian government, Egyptian government. Thank you. Um, but she literally said, she literally put in writing. She said, thank you. After they received a gift, she said, thank you. And she said, Christmas in January. Or you mean Christmas in July? She said Christmas in January. Oh, wow. Girl, Christmas just passed. No, but they were both benefiting from things. Yeah. So it was like a mutual beneficial. It was her her getting a gift in January and saying it felt like Christmas because of what they were giving her. Yeah. Like stacks and stacks of stuff. (laughs) See, I feel like this is so amateur. So I have a couple opinions on this. First and foremost, why not keep it in a bank? I'm confused about... There's a ton of people, number one, like just for the safety and security of your home, there are mm-hmm. robberies every day and you have your life savings in, in your damn coat pockets. Maddie, you want to know why he didn't keep it in a bank? Because allegedly he was getting that shit under the table. So you're not going to go put it in a bank people and alert keep, people. People keep Birkin bags and other shits in banks. Are, are the banks taking inventory? Like I need to know how these things work. Like. I guess if the banks are taking inventory of everything you can bring in, you're right, because it Mm -hmm. can raise some red flags. But you could also say, hey, I got a senator's code. I just want to leave in the bank just in case I get robbed. You know, Heart Evangelista, Mm -hmm. like she leaves all of her jewelry, all of her bags, everything in a bank. So I'm like, are they taking inventory? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I do think this was amateurish. What I will say is not everybody is a good criminal. 
Um, it's not looking good for Bob Menendez, though. What I will say is I don't think this is, is unique to Bob Menendez. It kind of puts me in the mindset of the Clarence Thomas situation. Um, it kind of puts me in mindset of that situation only because um, Clarence Thomas was a Supreme Court justice and the whole situation that happened with him potentially accepting gifts and things from these mega donors mm-hmm. um, and them then potentially having influence on him as a judge and the way he voted. Now with Bob Menendez, um, I think it may have been a little bit different. I think he was allegedly accepting bribes um, that and there is evidence for the bribes that he received um, and then um, doing or bringing attention or giving justice or something like that to those things so i have a question i feel like this is a question of the hour take a stance i'll go first should he resign my answer no here's why okay in a perfect world in the west wing days of like perfection and in the government he should resign but in this day and age where no one resigns for any reason at all I don't think he should fucking resign yeah I don't think he should resign and I think the Democrats calling on him to resign should shut up (laughs) (laughs) we're not in the West Wing days of government anymore that's true that's true I'm not mad at here's the thing I think a call to resign is I don't know I don't know if it's important right now because literally he's facing charges I want to say he was in court today was he indicted I, th- I believe he was yes indicted. he was indicted so yeah. right now a call to resign is kind of irrelevant what? if someone's been indicted that's past the step of being charged right the next no step, the next I, step is being charged I oh okay Wait, I thought no, the next right. step was charges being convicted. come and indictment comes, indictment and, comes and, and then a conviction yeah, yeah. so both him and his wife have been indicted on charges of bribery and will most likely be convicted because the Department of Justice, they aren't going to bring anything to the table if that shit is not right and tight. Yeah. So I think almost a call for him to resign would be irrelevant. Um, and maybe they should just start preparing who's going to take over his seat at this point. I definitely think that when you fuck with the government, you're probably going to lose. Yeah. Um, so I think eventually he'll be taking a plea deal if mm-hmm. the evidence that they have against him can stand up in court. We've seen what happens when you don't take the plea. The government does not play around. So I I, I, and I uh, expect some plea deals. Mm-hmm. I think the Democrats should look for who's going to replace him and stop calling for for a uh, resignation it would be frivolous at this point it would i don't be frivolous. know um but that's just my opinion yeah so, so we'll that's see. my we'll- opinion <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where this goes we're gonna obviously there's gonna be developments and we'll just keep you guys posted okay so moving on to story two so mom lets child take unofficial school breaks it's not gonna hurt her One mom is inspiring a debate about letting children take unofficial days off from school without any repercussions. A Good Morning America article highlighted a TikTok video shared by Noelle LaPalamento. The video showed her six-year-old daughter enjoying a break from school in September, captioning it with, quote, I told my daughter she can pick one day each month to stay home from school without being sick. The video has since garnered over 1.1 million likes and over 4,100 comments, with some saying that the practice, quote, should be normalized, and other commenters saying they wish they had a similar choice when they were younger. 
The 26-year-old told Good Morning America, since her daughter Giada started school full-time last year, she has noticed a difference in the first grader's energy levels and mental health, which affected her desire to go to school. Saying, quote, last year, there were times she would literally come home from school. She'd be sleeping on the step before I could get her off. Then she'd be sleeping in the hallway. It was like the kid was a zombie, La Palamento said. Quote, and then she comes home and I don't even have time to spend with my kid. I'm making dinner, trying to do homework with her, and then it's time for bed. The New Jersey mom said her daughter seemed drained and tired at times, and so she decided to recently give her the option to opt out of school once a month, saying, quote, I know she's good in school and she gets good grades and she does all of her work so she could stay home for a day. It's not going to hurt her. The mom of one said her daughter, quote, loved her day-long break and she hopes having the occasional time off can even motivate her to, quote, want to go to school rather than being in school five days a week all day long. You what go, are your Noel. thoughts? You go, Noel. Those are my thoughts. I do. I'm. I'm an advocate for a four-day work week. I'm mm-hmm. an advocate for a four-day school week. Mm-hmm. I do think that you would probably see more productivity out of kids if they had a little bit longer of a weekend. I'm not even joking. Yeah. Um. I. I do also understand the argument to that, where there's kids uh, sometimes that they don't have resources at home to be able to eat or to have a safe space to stay or different things like that. So I also understand sometimes kids being in school more like days out of the week provides a safer environment for them provides more meals for them but for this specific story I support this I think that mental health is important Mm -hmm. and I think that the opinion that kids aren't impacted by like stressful deadlines and maybe mean kids in school or Mm -hmm. having to wake up early I, I think it's like bogus, honestly. So I, I support Noel in doing this. It's like having a mental health day Literally. essentially every month. Yeah. I don't think once a month is too much either. When you look at the ratio of on average, a month is 30 days. Yeah. 30 days to one day off. Like uh, to me, like it doesn't seem like a big deal. No. I do think it comes down to the point of knowing your kid though. Like there are some people who, like you said, literally love to go to school and might not want to take off. Um, But I do think this also highlights just the stress that's on kids nowadays. Not only are they more quickly influenced by social media and all of these things like that, but the demand and the workload is like it gets more competitive and competitive every year yeah. um, with just expectations on grade levels and um, school workload. And even though like as a 25 year old, I look back at the homework, I'm like, oh, my God, what was I complaining about? Because exactly. I'm in a master's program and I know what, you know, like hard looks like. It's still hard at that learning level, though. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. I think like it's all going to be relative right it's going to mm-hmm. be to scale and like for the kids it, it's hard like it is hard it can be stressful there's so many dynamics you're constantly comparing yourself i mean there's just everything i hope that this trend is kind of um adapted by the workforce as we've seen like more companies are talking about hybrid options talking about work from home giving their people mental health days and sick days and more uh, maternity leave etc um But I hope this is something that is more widely accepted. Like, that's my goal. Yeah, I agree. Work-life balance, work-life harmony. Good job, Nicole. Or, excuse me, Noel. Noel, which I love the name Noel. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, next up. According to the HuffPost, Cher has been accused of hiring men to kidnap her estranged son in a court filing. 
A divorce filing from Elijah Blue Almond's wife claims Cher had her son abducted from a New York hotel while the couple was trying to reconcile. Singer Cher was accused of orchestrating the kidnapping of her estranged son, Eliza Blue Almond, according to a year-old court document obtained by the messenger. Almond's wife, Marie Angela King, Jesus, y'all know I can't pronounce anything. Marie Angela King claimed in a December 22 uh, December 2022 declaration in the couple's divorce case that the pop star hired four men to abduct Almond from a New York hotel that they had been staying at last fall. According to a copy of the filing shared by the Daily Mail, which matches the details described by the messenger, King claimed in her filing that she and Almond, who filed for divorce from her in 2021, were trying to reconcile and that they had spent 12 straight days together in New York before the alleged November uh, 30th kidnapping incident in their hotel room. I was told by one of the four men who took him that they were hired by the petitioner's mother in a declaration, King said. Since August 2022, I have been told that I am not allowed to see or speak to Almond, who is currently in lockdown at a treatment facility that is undisclosed to me, King alleged. I am also told that Almond has no access to his phone. Mm. Woo. You know what I will say, though? What? Um, what do you think? It's interesting that they said that he was um, kidnapped. To me, when I read the article, and I think they mentioned this as well, it was a, a staged intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cher was worried about her son's well-being after being taken out of a bar, I believe she said. Okay. Um, he was like, there was a situation where he was either being taken out of a bar or a restaurant and she was just concerned i'm assuming that maybe he was relapsing or whatever what have you Mm -hmm. so i think to say kidnapping is a little strong i know she put that in her in her lawsuit which is fair and i don't think it's fair that she doesn't have access to her husband i'm sure that's stressful and she also can't get in contact with him right Mm -hmm. um but kidnapping is a little strong for this situation. So you're basically saying like kidnapping is strong based on the intent of Cher. What I'm saying is we don't know if Cher is his power of attorney. Or That's or what I'm trying to figure maybe out. Maybe she's um not power of attorney. It's conservator. conservator. Yeah. Maybe she's his conservator or something like that. Because I highly doubt you walk into a hotel room. If a grown person does not want to go with you, they are not going to go with you. Come <sighs> hell or high water. I, I and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just shares power and influence. Like if maybe he's scared of his mom or something like that. Yeah. But I feel like in some way he had to be willing to go. Right. Well, it doesn't sound like it. It seems to me I, I got the impression that this was kind of a hostile takeover. But I also see what you're saying of like in broad daylight for men walking. It seems kind of out of a movie. So it made immediately in my head. I was like, she's his conservator. Like mm-hmm. that's immediately what I thought. But for him to actually be married and for his mother to be his conservator, I thought your spouse automatically became your conservator. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. I thought your spouse like was automatically your conservator. I don't know. I'm so gonna this is to... interesting to me. Yeah. I'm going to have to stay close to this one because this is, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out in court. Um, but I, it's, I it's, know. it's something. I got conservator vibes though. Yeah, for and sure. And even though she's married to him, she might not know all of this stuff. Like when you're, when your mom is share, like the power of those attorneys that they have, you don't know what's in writing yeah. to be honest. You never know. You never know nowadays. Uh, I hope that he's okay. I hope that the wife's okay. And I'm just wishing them all the best in this situation. I agree. So moving on to our next story, shrimp. Oh my God. Not shrimp. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. 
Moving on to our next story, Shrek's Swamp, now available to rent on Airbnb. According to CNN, a vacation rental that describes itself as a, quote, mud-laden, moss-covered, murky-watered swamp wouldn't usually be in demand. But this new Airbnb listing in the Scottish Highlands is an exception to the rule. That's because it's a faithful recreation of the home of DreamWorks Animation's beloved ogre Shrek. Shrek's Swamp is located on the grounds of the Arda... Ardvariki Estate, a 19th century Scottish mansion in the Scottish Highlands, some 60 miles south of the city of Inverness. Oh, I would totally go. I would totally go. I feel like like we call ourselves nostalgia fairies. I know I mentioned that before, but I feel like if I went to that, I would just feel like so like I don't know I feel like my inner child would just be singing even if we didn't fully stay like if the accommodations weren't great yeah just seeing something so beautiful I mean we've all heard of how beautiful like Scotland is yeah um so I feel like I would totally enjoy that honestly I'm looking up because I want to see how much it is going a night but have you seen pictures of the of the Airbnb no I haven't I'm gonna have to take a look it literally looks like a real life uh, replica Oh of no way! The the thing from of the of the house and Shrek. Oh, I would love it even more. I feel like even when we went to Disney, even when I look at like beautiful things like fireworks or like the the lake, like just looking at the view, I really take a moment and like my brain chemistry just goes up a level because I'm just looking at something so profound and beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like nature can be so beautiful, and the picturesque obviously animations uh, Mm -hmm. that come out of Shrek seeing that in real life I feel like it might bring a tear to my eye yeah I think it would be really cool not only would it be cool for adults to stay at almost as like a nostalgic like thing from childhood but I also think it would be cool for kids to stay at Mm -hmm. Um, especially the new generation there hasn't been a new Shrek movie and I don't know how long (laughs) Um, but who knows that might also be around the corner Mm -hmm. Um, from what I could tell on this article it says that they're charging nothing what you could only stay one to two days i think one night actually and one lucky um ogre enthusiast will get to stay two nights but it says it's offering a free stay to the ogre enthusiasts oh okay um, I, so I doubt that'll stay free forever because i feel I doubt like that too they're just testing the waters here to see if there's anybody interested yeah i mean we've kind of seen this before though if you have like a popular movie or a popular tv show like it's almost like you can go tour like a replica of the friend's house or you can go tour a replica of where your favorite movie was filmed and stuff like that yeah i know us we live in illinois so there's so many movies based in illinois that we're like so many we have to go see yeah this in real life definitely you know where i kind of okay so since we're recreating things you know what i want them to recreate what the tangled like my favorite Disney movie, I think of all time, both of our favorites, mm-hmm. is Tangled. Mm-hmm. And when the you just look at the treehouse, it almost seems like, and then it's such a pi- picturesque like land around it. I feel like if they recreated that, I might like really go to bat to try to go spend the night there. I agree. I think that would be really cool. Um, I do think this is going to be extremely lucrative when they sure. do start to um sell tickets which i'm assuming will come soon yeah um and it's definitely going to be a trend that we continue to see they're not the first of their time with this one no it's always the little niche things that end up blowing up but i feel like it pairs perfectly into our next story um which is that miranda Priestley's nyc townhouse from the devil wears prada sells for 26.5 million dollars um according to people magazine the 12,000 square foot abode is spread out across six floors and boasts its own private basketball court 
Um, Miranda Priestley's iconic New York City home has officially sold for $26.5 million. And um, it is sprawling. It has, what, seven bedrooms, seven full bathrooms. Wow. It's located in a historic building. Um, and it has a stunning view of the city skyline. Wow. I, I feel like, well, obviously, we loved the movie Devil Wears Prada, especially you. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a classic. We were literally just watching it the other day. But in the movie, they didn't show a ton of the house. They no. showed, like, when Andy went in the house, she dropped off the book. And just seeing those two levels and just uh, knowing what New York looks like. We were just in New York and imagining, number one, the, the house is huge. How many square feet did they say it is? 12,000. 12, I mean, that's big for suburbs. So you think about that in New York. And then yeah. it's a penthouse. It's giving cunt, cunt, cunt. Like, I feel like... And then the fact that it went for $26.5 million, like, that's wild. I wonder if the price was inflated, though, because the home was featured in Devil Wears Prada. I feel like it was, for sure. Like, would it go for that much if it wasn't a famous home? (sighs) I don't know, because the specs seem pretty outstanding. Like, there's a basketball court, and it's on the Upper East Side. So I feel like it would probably go for around there, but I'm sure the fact that it was in Devil Wears Prada didn't hurt. No, which is why everybody wants to buy the past celebrity homes. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter if it, you're six owners down the line, you could say Brad Pitt lived there. Yep. You can say, oh, <laughs> Taylor Swift lived here. They were just talking about one of her homes in New York. Yeah. So, huh, just beautiful. Imagine living there. That would be so nice. It would be so cool. I would oh have a ball. God. Right now, we're struggling, sharing a bathroom. <laughs> Haven't shared a bathroom, what, since we were kids? Yeah. Like young kids? Yeah. This is like difficult. And now we're grown women. Yeah. Wow. It's okay though. It builds character. Yeah. This is just like you know, windy city realness. The rain before the 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 sun. Like what do they call it? The the rain before this. Yeah. Something like that. This is just like I know what you mean. We're working through it. We're getting through it. Yes. I would love that house. Now moving on to our nightcap TV recap. We watched a lot of good TV last night. We sure did. Starting off with Dancing with the Stars. Oh, my gosh. It was the season premiere. What season is this? I'm not sure. Not sure either, but I can tell you one thing. It felt like my. It felt like the good old days with Dancing with the Stars. It definitely did. Like, starting off, we had a new host, Julianne Huff. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, we had Derek Huff, who was now taking on the legacy of Lynn Goodman after his passing. Um, I felt like Julianne Huff did such a good job. For sure. Like, I was... Number one, it's hard to host that TV show. So... You know, it's difficult. You're stepping into some big shoes. Like when we saw who was, I feel like the best ever pairing, obviously Tom Bergeron. And then Samantha uh, was her No, name? I feel like Aaron. I feel like Tom Aaron and Aaron good. had really good chemistry. Yeah. And that was just like when I have memories of the best Dancing with the Stars, that was it. Yeah. I think Julianne might want be one of the best hosts that I've seen on the franchise. Flat out. Because I think, number one, she has that connection to being a ballroom dancer, which helps. So she can relate to the couples and she can relate to the pros. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and I just feel like she has great chemistry with Alfonso. She does. And I feel like it, it's, I'm never going to shit on ambition, but I do think when Tyra was here, uh, when Tyra was hosting the show, Tyra Banks, some of you might not know, but she did take over hosting of the show for, I think two years. I think when she was hosting the show, it was more about, I, I don't think it stayed true to what the show is about. Mm-hmm. And I love innovation and creativity, but respectfully, I don't need you walking down the middle of the, damn mirror ball floor like it's a damn catwalk you know 
Yeah, I think you have a fair point there. What I will say is I think where Tyra went wrong is that she didn't stay true to what made that show successful, mm-hmm. which kind of just emboldens your point. Um, Dancing with the Stars wasn't broken, right? No. Like everybody loved Tom Bergeron. And even if they didn't connect with the pro or anything, like people were going to tune in to see Tom Bergeron. Yeah. Um. So then I think people were disgruntled already from the rip. Um, with the way it seems like he was kind of ousted from that franchise in a mm-hmm. sense. And I don't think she's, I think she came in and made a lot of changes. I loved her casting choices, right? For sure. I mean, we saw our first um, girl and girl couple. We saw our first drag queen on the show. And hopefully those things continue mm-hmm. into the future. Um, but I don't think it was, I think she kind of pissed people off before she even started. I think so too. And I think one of the best things about being a new perspective when you step into spaces of successful shows is you get to build on what was already there um and you get to make it your own and I think the issue that I saw at least from my perception obviously I wasn't backstage but Mm -hmm. it seemed like a lot of stuff was torn down and moved out and it wasn't really built upon so I'm happy with Julianne Huff I feel like she did a great job last night um some of my early favorites I have to be honest I'm gonna cut straight to it I feel like charity I'm Mm -hmm. team charity I am team charity all of the way um, I know we watched her season of The Bachelorette and I liked her on her season of The Bachelorette, especially when she had the conversation with Xavier. The wine was flowing, honey. She was interrogating his ass and half drunk. She was very tipsy. Like, I just felt like she was very candid and honest and mature. And I felt like she was in a space in her life where she was ready to welcome like that relationship. But I feel like we got to see a different side of her last night. Like she's really like cute and like she has a great personality. And I feel like she's like, I, the only description I can have for it is kind of like feminine and nerdy. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that too. Yeah. She has a great personality. It came across. She's a great dancer, honestly, which didn't surprise me when she talked about how many years she did competitive cheer for yeah. only because dance and cheer really do crossover. Mm-hmm. I know it's different from the structure of ballroom dancing, but still like there's technicality in both sports. Yeah. Um, Charity is one of my early favorites. I will say Ariana Maddox is one of my early favorites. For sure. I feel like she shows attack I loved her dress I loved the song um I just think she has a great personality I think the whole world is rooting for her for sure and the nod to the dress that she wore at the reunion I felt like was really cool because she kind of got to take a spin on it now we're no stranger to revenge dresses but like Princess Di probably has one of the most iconic revenge dresses in history yeah and I feel like with Ariana kind of doubling down on the dress thing it's kind of like cementing her in that legacy of like revenge Revenge dresses dresses. I'm here for it Um, and then they found the most perfect way to honor Lynn Goodman yeah Uh, that was so sad he was a pillar of the show a fixture on the judges panel Um, and I think Derek Huff is a great um, person that's next in line only because Derek Huff was a great dancer he's proven himself Mm -hmm. to be able to what transfer his skills not only from the ballroom and dancing with the stars but into real life he was a judge on so you think you can dance he's a great dancer himself Mm -hmm. so I'm excited to see where he takes it and I thought it was a really sweet nod to do the Lynn Goodman mirror ball trophy with the little bow tie at the bottom I feel like that was a very sweet nod to Lynn I will say I think Derek definitely has the resume and he belongs uh, on that cast. My one feedback for Derek is when you're next to Carrie Ann and Bruno, like they have mastered feedback throughout the years Mm -hmm. and you're on TV. It makes it hard. You're short on time. 
my advice to Derek, I feel like he's uncomfortable giving critique sometimes. Yeah. And he really sticks to that sandwich rule of like good, bad, good. And like, he's just, I feel like this is all new for him. So I think sitting next to like Bruno and Carrie Ann who know how to be funny and witty. And sometimes they're going to say things that piss you off and they're, they have the unpopular opinion. I think standing in that and knowing how to deliver it and what's comfortable and natural for you. I feel like Derek is still going to have to work on that a little I bit. I agree. Me. I think he's getting there and you called it out. I think he's scared to be mean, yeah. honestly. And it's not even if you're a tough judge, you have to be mean. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes I can relate to that feeling of, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I yeah. don't want to, you know, do that. So he's on a journey of his, of his own mm-hmm. in that judge's chair. But I think he is the perfect one to do it, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's so not hard. He, he's got the good foundation. Another mention, honorable mention, Jason Mraz was great. Oh, I think fantastic. he was an Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. They're definitely topping it off for the male pro, or the male celebrities yeah. on the show. Jason Mraz was great. He has a really good musicality. Yeah. Um, who is Riley Arnold's partner? He's the from guy, Too Hot to Handle. Is he from TikTok or Too Hot to Handle or both? I don't all know. Of the above, I can't remember honey. his name. Yeah. I think his name's Harry. Yeah, Harry. Um, all of the above. I know they're probably the most popular couple on social media right now. There's already been like dating rumors and whatever, but it was nice to see her come in and kind of like step into her sister's shoes. She almost cried when they brought it up, like that she was really pursuing her dream. And you know, I'm here for dreamers. I'm here for people that get after it and chase it. Um, I love watching people's dreams come true. So that was really a nice like button on the whole night. Yeah, it was. It was a great, great episode. I'm very excited for next week's episode. Even though it was hard to see Matt Walsh go because he's so lovable and so funny. Yes. Um I on swear Veep and in real life. Veep might be one of the funniest shows I've ever watched in my life. I had no idea he was a comedian, number one. You had no idea he was a comedian when he was in one of the funniest shows ever. I had no idea. You know what's funny though, because we literally used to all watch veep sweep at every single award show that it was at yeah and then i remember you started watching veep and you were like laughing and like oh my god i get it now. yes i i'm like really hard to make laugh sometimes i feel because a lot of shit goes over my head <laughs> and that show had me in tears yeah. like i swear to god it had me in tears so he's funny it was kind of sad to see him go i know it was so sad i don't like that they sent somebody home on the first night me neither like what happened to we have a show on monday and we have a show on tuesday that eliminates somebody baby tv gets cutthroat that's what happens they said look you get this many episodes i think that's what happened yeah i'm like what the hell like y'all should have just done a double elimination next they week heard, at least give them two dances they heard that the sag after and the writers came and the guild of america came to an agreement they said oh shit all the shows are coming back we got to cut back this window you know it's a whole thing with tv i'm sure but like i said before i'm excited for next week's episode and to watch our early favorites and also see the the people who kind of surprise us later on in the season yep it'll be fun to watch everyone's journeys yeah another show we watched real housewives of salt lake city yes yes i thought the episode was good Mm -hmm. um it continued the drama that we kind of saw last week between angie k and meredith yeah um, I do want to start off Angie K. Her glam is so good. Yeah. For somebody who is just getting onto the Housewives franchise. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I love her pink confessional dress. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I have to find out where that dress is from. That pink confessional dress. The fact that her hair is simple. The fact that everything's simple and the dress really gets to stand for itself. It sounds so dramatic, but that's a moment right there. It's I don't know moment. if anybody on Salt Lake City is beating that confessional. I don't look think right so. Now. I don't think so. Yeah. And I don't know if they've beat it in the past, honestly. Yeah. 
It's um, it's a full moment for me. Yeah, and we saw kind of a continuation of the Monica and Lisa drama, starting off when Lisa lost her $60,000 ring in the airport bathroom, mm-hmm. um, and Monica kind of just expressing, like, some irritation by Lisa's persistence with listing how much the ring costs and things like that. What are your thoughts on that situation? So I think it can go both ways, right? So, number one, you don't know how Lisa grew up. And you can't fault someone for what they have. Now, that does not mean that you can't maybe identify moments where they sound ungrateful, identify moments where they sound privileged, or identify moments where maybe they seem out of touch. Mm -hmm. What I will say is, I think this is a very sensitive area for Monica, and that's what we're seeing. I feel like she has lost like her whole life. She's Mm -hmm. lost, not her whole life, but she's lost a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, um, I don't know. I I just think I I don't want her to make this her whole plot on the show. You know, I love Monica. I love the fact that she's candid and all of that. But I don't know if I would be upset for Lisa Barlow for talking about her $60,000 ring. I've lost way less than that and also been upset. Mm -hmm. And as we've seen, it's carried over into this episode. Um, Just saying like, you're out of touch. You're this like, I can't pay my bills. I lost my husband, all these other things. Do you think she's triggered a little bit? She might be triggered because she feels like anytime you go through a divorce where your spouse was more wealthy than you. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you're you're changing your entire lifestyle and i'm sure she's getting child support and i'm sure she might be getting alimony but still like your life changes completely listen with the way she's making it sound i'm not sure if she's getting child support or alimony she has like three to four kids how she she might be be? getting child support but i don't know about alimony because i feel like if she was would she be like she seems like she's in a bad state right now now it could just be the dramatic change in mm-hmm. availability but i do think that this is something interesting to talk about i well, number one growing up mom always told us you always work you don't ever rely on a man we got the whole spiel and clearly we've always worked and that mm-hmm. stuck with us i'll never forget watching basketball wives i was probably eight or nine i was very young i wasn't that young but i was young i i should never guesstimate because i always fuck it up but Susie from Basketball Wives mm-hmm. went through a divorce, lost absolutely everything. Yeah. And I remember her crying to her friends on the show and she was like, my son, like he he wants to be at his dad's house. He goes to his dad's house. He has all the resources in the world. It's this enormous house. And then he basically he comes to live with me in like some tiny apartment. Mm-hmm. And it was like really, really hard for her. And that was like a plot for her for years on the show. Yeah. And then she kind of made it all back. It breaks my heart to see situations like that. And my advice to anyone that's in a relationship is always make sure you have what you need on your own Mm -hmm. to at least live comfortably, especially to these women that are out here securing the bag and marrying like wealthy. Make sure you like number one, I have to take that back because not just securing the bag, like, Oh, I'm marrying wealthy. Like you can be securing the bag on your own, but to the people that might marry someone that has more than them, just make sure that you're using them to get more too. And I'll just say that. I agree. Um, I definitely think it's a struggle for Monica. It might be triggering and it seems like it's fairly recent. It actually reminded me of Chris Kardashian talking about how all she had was a child support check from Robert Kardashian. They had to relocate to Calabasas, which back then wasn't like, you know, the esteemed neighborhood that it is today. Like everybody talks about the hills and Calabasas and all this other stuff. Um, Back then, though, it was Beverly Hills. 
and she had to move. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just taking what you have and turning it into what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a business and hopefully, you know, her presence on the show will make her super successful as well. Yeah. Um, how did we feel about Mary not participating in anything? I, I'm like Mary, like at some point you also have to participate. I like, know. I, the whole, the storyline's funny. You're kind of always doing your own thing. I know she called herself a loner. But I do feel like, Mary, you need to be involved. Now, what I will say is all the interactions she's had with the girls have been hilarious. She's, she's reading booking the girls bitches down. left and right. Yeah. So I feel like it's funny, but I'm like, Mary, like you also either be part time, which she I think she is because it said she's a friend of Meredith, I believe. Mm-hmm. But like, I do think she can give us a little bit more. I want to see somebody give it back to Mary at this point. Yeah. You know, my one thing is people talking to me crazy. That'll get me pissed off quicker than anything else. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wonder how I would respond to Mary. Oh, because I just feel like you reading girls down unnecessarily at this point. I feel like you already know how we are. Mm-hmm. That, that fire jumps out, baby. We're Aries. So. Speaking of a fire sign, Meredith Marks. Yeah. The Sagittarius is jumping out. Yeah. she. I feel like she's very on edge, though. Like, I want to know more about this child that she keeps referencing. Everyone's mm-hmm. referencing but hasn't brought up. Yeah. I know they, they're probably not going to speak about children, but can we get a backstory here so we can understand just a little bit more? I think it's probably coming. It is coming for sure, especially now that Whitney said, like, you can't um, don't hold me hostage emotionally or something like that. Yeah. Meredith Marks's behavior is being influenced by stress mm-hmm. from outside of the show. Yeah. Like it's sure. point blank at the end of the day. Like you can recognize that on its face. I am interested to hear more about what she's going through because I feel like we've seen Meredith, like we said prior and prior episodes, go through heavy things and her behavior has never been like this. Yeah. I do think the girls need to cut her a break. Um, Angie K might need to let... Let let up off for a little bit. Angie K ain't letting go of nobody's. No, wig. and then she's talking about sending, calling a, sending a hit out. I'm like, Angie, you yeah. just said that on national TV. Yeah, she's like, she's about that life. Clearly, she's she's going at it with everybody right now. She. Is. Um, we also saw another episode where Trixie Mattel was basically the center focus of the episode. Yes. So I'm like, good for you, Trixie. Um, but I would love to get in drag, by the way. For sure. I, I think it I would, would be fun. I would want Trixie to do my drag. Yeah. I feel like that would be the fun part. And she yeah. doesn't have enough hands to do that. But no. uh, Lisa, I feel like I think Monica touched on it a little bit. The, throughout the episode, Lisa did not want to put drag makeup on. She said she paid for glam. She had her glam on retainer, which I was like, you go, girl. But um, she didn't want to put the drag makeup on. She said she wanted her makeup artist to do her makeup. And she actually got emotional about it. And Monica characterized it as an insecurity maybe coming mm-hmm. up. What was your take on? I can definitely see it being an insecurity. Um, but I do agree that Mayor, or excuse me, Lisa was a good sport about the crazy or the crazy out, uh, outfits that mm-hmm. they wore. She was to dinner. She was a good sport about that. But then all of a sudden, when it came down to her makeup and her hair, maybe that is where she draws her confidence from. Mm-hmm. So she didn't want to feel like she was losing that. Well, I'll tell you, if my hair looked like her hair looks pretty much every time we've seen her, I'd probably draw the confidence from that too. Yeah. Her hair is always beautiful. Yeah, but honestly, it comes down to consent at the end of the day. She didn't want to do it, and don't force her. Yeah, like, and at the end of the day, it's what makes housewives housewives. Like, it's a good, it's a good little story. It's funny. Yeah, and to cap it off, Lisa took all the heat. Meredith wasn't in drag. Mary wasn't in drag. Like, yeah. it was more than just Lisa. Yeah. 
So but I don't know. Meredith claims she tried, honey. I don't know, but whatever. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna accept that. Maybe but. she did try because she's always in a pants, a pantsuit. I thought suit. she had a pantsuit on, a blazer. She's always in a blazer. She's always in a blazer. <laughs> a dress would have been dragged for her at this point. Yeah, like, yeah. Come on now. Yeah. But it was some good night uh, watching TV. Um, and we're going to have some more coming to you as well. Um, what shows are coming up? We have, is it Golden Bachelor this week? I'm Bachelor so in Paradise? Yes. Or did we miss that? No, it's coming out tomorrow. I'm excited. Okay. And we have some more exciting episodes coming out with news that is continuing to break every day. So again, thank you so much for listening. And that's all she wrote. Thank that you is guys all for listening. she wrote. Sweet dreams. Bye. Sweet dreams, night owls.